Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast once again. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching on YouTube if you're doing that now that we're putting these out on YouTube as well. Uh, And this is going to be a great episode because we have Faye Harris with us all the way from Corby. Faye, welcome to the Leadership Podcast. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about family. Tell us a little bit about your journey to, to youth ministry and how long you've been doing that and about the context of your church. Fill us in. Okay. Well, I was brought up in Corby and could not wait to get away from Corby. Went to university. God really worked in my heart and I got just became more on fire for him. And then I really felt that God had called me back to work with young people in Corby. But um, I didn't feel ready to do that, so I went to train with Youth for Christ for a year, and they sent me down to Devon. And I was I headed up a team of five of us who were uh, we were part of the beginning of Southwest Youth Ministry, and we worked in Mid Devon doing a pioneering um, schools work project and working with a lot of churches there. Um, and during that time, I met my husband Andy, and he'd recently lost his wife, and um, and. Um, I, I, it became clear to me that God wanted me to be part of that family. He had three children, and they were nine, ten, and they went. And the youngest wasn't a year old when I met him. Wow. And um, and it became clear that I couldn't carry on doing ministry in the way, in the capacity that I was doing. So um, my church kindly offered me a youth pastor's role part time, and then I began um, being their primary carer and um, then got married and then had two more children and um, then 11 years ago God called us back to Corby so it was quite a journey, it was part of the church there for a long time and God called us back to Corby and that's where my journey with Elin began and we be, we were part of planning the church in Corby and then just because of the nature of who I am I'm just always drawn to young people and start yeah. youth work <laughs> so uh, now I work part time for church there um, working with the youth and also I've come full circle I'm doing schools work again in Corby and Kettering the neighbouring town and um, and so you know I've I've not only done youth work in ministry but also personally for the whole of my married life I've basically had young people in my home as part of my family so yeah. I'm, I'm just always tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you're the perfect person to, to speak to the subject today, Faye, because we do want to speak about uh, the role of the youth worker in engaging with parents in mm. youth ministry. Uh, and this is a big conversation, and I just feel like you're perfectly placed to speak to it as not only an experienced youth worker, but as you said, as, as the parent of young people who have been in, in youth groups. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you, you are able to help us see this from, from both sides of, yeah. of that perspective uh, as well. So that's well, the really first helpful. thing I think is that I'm not always very good at it and I haven't <laughs> been very good at it. And I think that's, I think as youth workers that we, we naturally gravitate to young people and we, yeah. we're comfortable around them. So I've, I've in, t- in the past felt intimidated by parents and felt like, oh, I don't know whether I can, um, you know, talk to these people, yeah. you know. But yeah. I think the, the important thing to know and 
the most parents are fully behind what you're doing and they're really um they want you to be part of their young people's lives they know that you're having a good influence on them and um and to build that trust is important and so for me i've like been on a bit of a personal journey of overcoming feeling like I'm a child in a grown-up world, but yeah, actually, yeah. Be, I am growing up. And also because I came to parenting in the way that I did, I was suddenly there with teenagers and yeah. trying to relate to parents, but feeling like I was a bit of a fraud in that in that place. Um, but I just don't think we have just a tiny bit of time as youth workers in young people's lives. Yes. Their parents have so much more time, yeah. and you know, I've done I've done lessons on peer pressure, and we often think that. The, the main influence on young people's lives is their friends, and often that's a big thing, but I, all, I we do this quiz in, in one of the lessons I do, and I'm always surprised how much they're still saying my parents are the, the biggest people who help me yeah. make decisions, yeah. and are the biggest influence in the people that they want to please. So I think we can't underestimate as, as youth workers how important parents are in this journey mm. and we are partnering with them um, just to kind of help them to, to grow in faith and um, yeah so I, I think it's important for us to engage with them and work with them because we're discipling together yeah that's right yeah uh, and I'm thinking about we, uh, Ollie and I recorded an episode about Generation Z and we were talking about how they were family influenced and reflecting on the um, Youth for Christ research that was published mm. in 2017, uh, where the survey said mm. <laughs> that th- that for those who had come to faith, the, the number one influence on their faith journey was their family, that making their family uh, proud was their number one priority for mm. their lives. And uh, uh, maybe we've got this conception that family isn't as important as it used to be, but actually that's not what we're seeing, is mm. it, with, no. with this generation? and. And so this is just so so important, such an important topic to be talking about. When I was thinking about this this morning, uh, you know, in, in preparation for recording this podcast with you, I was thinking about, and, and you touched on this, how it, it, it's a bit like in leadership where uh, when we think about leadership, we think about the people who we are leading, um, but we don't think as much about leading up the people who are leading mm-hmm. us, and that is an equal part an equally important part of leadership but just one that we don't give as much attention to and I was thinking about communication and I was thinking about when we talk about communication we think a lot about what we say Mm. but we don't think a lot about how we listen and that's Mm. equally an important part of communication I I kind of think that this conversation is a bit like that like this with youth ministry we think about youth ministry we think about young people but it's almost like how we engage the parents because of the reasons you've just Mm. outlined for us it is an equally important part because we will have such a relatively limited influence and amount of time with them, but these parents are going to be, hopefully, if they're Christians, you know, discipling them for many more years, Um, and if they're not, still important too. So uh, just a really, really important conversation. So talk to us about how we do that then. You've talked a little bit about the need to overcome the fear and just get on and engage with the parents, but... Where have you seen this working well uh, 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 and how can we learn to do this better? Yeah, I think when I was in my church in Devon, it was um, 
the, the church that I was in, we meet, met on a farm. So people traveled far and wide to be part of the vision of that church. So all the parents there were committed Christians themselves and mm. they were committed to seeing their young people grow up in yeah. God. And and so there was a there was there was a one heart and a one mind about that church. Yeah. It was a very special time. Mm. And you know, I was uh, our older children were growing up in that. So I had relationship with those people, you know, with chat to people and um and a real encouragement for me recently is I was at, when I was at Soul Survivor um, there was one of the young people who were part of that. He was on a stand at Soul Survivor and he just was saying, oh, thank you, Faye, for all that you put into us. It was such a special time in that mm. church. And God was doing something really special there as well. And then um, whilst I was talking to him, another girl came who was not part of my youth, but she was part of the church. And I had this really long chat with her and she's just going on really well with the Lord. And, and lots of them from that group are, some of them are doing missionary work, some of them are bringing up their families in God, some of them are in work, they're in serving in church. Church. and it, it's amazing the fruit from that time and um and what and she was just sharing how her and her brother just were going on with God and how they were just really grateful for what had happened in the church in that time in their relationship with the other young people um but she and she said something that just really stuck with me her mum's been poorly at different times and I said you've done really well to keep going through all of that and she said to me you know my mum never let the she never turned the heat down and she never let the fire go out. Wow. And I just was like, and that really, like I've shared it with a lot of parents because I think her, her mum, you know, that, that church now doesn't exist, it's closed, but but like her mum kept that discipleship going, she kept the fire mm. going in them through really difficult circumstances in their life. And and I know, you know, I've shared that with a few people and they've said, I'm not going to let the fire go out with my kids. Yeah, so hang on, let's just pause there because I yeah. think what you're saying something really good here. So you heard that story, but what you've done with that is you shared it with the parents of your young people now. Yeah. So in that way, you're leading the parents of your young people in their discipleship of their kids. You're saying, hey, I heard this story and this is going to inspire you. Yeah. They said, I'm never going to turn the heat down. And, and your pe parents of your young people have responded to that. So you're, you're co-working with them, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. we, we have a family worker who's really passionate about this as well on families yeah. and discipleship. And she runs a lot of parenting stuff. So whenever I can get along to, if they're doing some stuff about teenagers, I go along for my benefit as a parent. Yeah. But also, you know, because I think the much impact I can and influence that I can have to sharpen me as a parent in my discipleship helps me yeah but also to to be alongside other parents and say you know i have the same issues the same things as you're going through yeah and and i you know my heart for parents you know is to feel um confident them to feel confident in their parenting because i think so many parents don't feel confident yeah. especially in this generation i think with technology and all of all of that stuff they feel a little bit out of control of it all and feel like what and we don't understand technology in the mm. same way as our kids do but i but to know that their role is important to know that they're they're able to the importance of discipleship, their yeah. influence, their voice, and that they can still bring in discipline. Connection is really important, and and promoting all of those things. We're we're really we're working hard as a church, as a whole vision as a church. I think to, yeah. to promote this, and to you know where people want that kind of input, it's there for them. Now, you've said something there. You, you've touched on something that I think is really important in this conversation. Okay, so for me as a youth worker, I am a parent, but a parent of a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, 
And for many of our youth workers listening or watching, um, for them, they might not be parents at all. Mm. So for me, I haven't parented teenagers. Uh, for many of our youth workers listening, they haven't parented anyone. Um, how do we, as people who have, have not had the experience of, of parenting teenagers, do what you're suggesting that we do and, and setting an example for us to do, which is to come alongside and coach and encourage the parents? I would worry that there's a danger that seems a bit patronising me yeah. doing that because I'm like, oh, maybe you should think about, think about this. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do you know? Yeah. You, do, you know, do, you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? So, so what would you say to a youth worker who's listening and who's worrying, like, who's saying, I can't do that because I don't know what I'm talking about. They're much better placed to know how to parent their kids than me. I've never done it. What, what would you say to the youth worker listening about that? I think the important thing is to listen because probably I don't offer advice very often. Let's yeah. maybe somebody asks me, but I will listen and say I've had a similar thing or whatever. Yeah. I think when I was younger, I think I was more judgmental as a youth worker thinking I knew how to be a parent in my right head. yeah and, um, <laughs> and I thought I would be a really good one and I and I would probably was a lot more judgmental and I think becoming a parent I've become less judgmental but I don't think I was I don't think I was hugely judgmental as before I was a parent but um but it's made me I think knowing that everyone's just trying their best generally yeah. everybody is trying their best to be a good parent and bring yeah. their kids up in God and 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 different things and just to humbly approach I I just think listening to people and saying how you know how, how are you you know we've got we've got a whole loads of year sixes that have come up to year seven this yeah. year and they've all got different needs and I've I've been trying and there's quite a lot and obviously we have limited time I have limited time of mm. You know, you want to spend time with young people. You want to spend time with your team. You've got to relate to yeah. the authority above you, and and then parents as well. Yeah, so there's yeah, a limit. Of course, yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to get alongside and have a conversation with with those parents and say, you know, what what do they like doing? What what would work best for them? You know, especially if there's children with special needs or something like that. Just to just to be able to say how how can we help them to feel part of the group? So yeah. I think. I think if we humbly approach that and say, you know, you're the expert on your child, you know, yeah. and, and if they then ask us, we can, we have the privilege then of speaking into that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, that's good. Cause it's, it's not just, it's not just about what the parents are learning from us. It's about what we're learning from the parents, isn't it? Yeah. We, we've got a young person in, in, in our group here in Malvern who's blind um, and his mum, Heather, um, you know, I, I've had a couple of conversations with her where I've said, look, we just want Jay is, is the kid to feel really welcome when he's here. We want him to feel really included. Help us to do that. And, you know, if he, if he comes home and he feeds back to you that he wasn't able to participate mm. and, you know, let us know that. And it, th that kind of ongoing conversation is important because we're, as, as we're engaging parents, it's, all, it's about us becoming better youth workers as well isn't it yeah it's just yeah. being like making sure that you've got an open door that people can email you or yeah. phone you or you know chat to them yeah. um you know being open to that and you know and i always think i, I my communication is first with parents in, in terms of what we're doing you know so they know the logistics of it logistics of it because at the end of the day they've got to get them to whatever I'm doing I yeah. can say the amount of times I've said to young people oh will you be part of this Christmas thing oh yeah that I'd love to be part of that yeah I can, yeah, I can yeah. do that and you're not away no I'm not away and then you speak yeah. to her yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah we're going on holiday Spain. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like how did they not know that yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. but just that my my communication like practically is 
you know, first and foremost through them and try to try to communicate what we're trying to achieve through what we're doing, maybe at the start of term or whatever. So they've they've got it there written down what what we're doing. And I you know, I try I try not to over communicate because I don't want to bombard people with mm. too much, but I try and like make sure that they've they've received an email, you know, they've they've received a hard copy and you know they they they've got the information about what we're doing. So what have been your best methods and your, your most successful ways in terms of communicating with parents? How's that worked in, in, a, in a good way? And have you, have you tried ways of, of doing that that, ha- that hasn't worked? Um, I think of recent years, I think the, the current cohort of young people we have at Hope Church, um, their parents are really are engaged and on board. And I think you can see that by the attendance of the young people that are coming because okay. at the end of the day, they've got to get them there, haven't they? Yes. And, and um, we're relying on them to be part of that. And I think um, we were just very consistent with what we were doing every week. They knew same venue, same time every week of what we were doing. And I would send out an email or a text every week for a little while to try because we were getting really irregular attendance to, to different things, which was really disruptive in terms of trying to build a core. And you just didn't know who was going to turn up each week, whether you'd have a buzz or whether it would just be a bit flat. Mm. And um, so I just started to try and communicate in some way every week, just before the Wednesday, to try and encourage young people to come along. And that worked really well. And now we've got a much more regular rhythm, mm. I think, of, mm. of what was happening. I don't think anything beats chatting to parents mm. on a, you know, just talking to them about how their young people are and you know I, I, you can't beat that yeah it's not always possible to talk to every parent no um but i mean even preparing for this i've thought more like i think it would be sometimes i share it in church to the wider yeah people about, about the vision of the youth but i was thinking it might be really helpful just to have a, an evening with parents and yeah say, this yeah. is this is the vision. This is what we do on a Wednesday. This is what we do on Sunday. Yeah. This is what we do around that. And this is why we do it. Because I've got a really clear vision of what I want to achieve through the youth work and, yeah. what, and what my values are. And everything is sort of comes back to those yeah. things. And so I could easily communicate that to them yeah. and have a, more of an open door, I yeah. think. Now, Faye, here's the thing. That all is great if the parents of your young people are involved in the church community. Mm-hmm. Or they they go on a Sunday, or they're, they're part of that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're part of that community. They're part of that family. Mm-hmm. What happens when we're ministering to young people who've connected with the youth group through the schools work that you're yeah. doing, or through the community work that you're doing, and their parents aren't Christians? Their parents aren't part of the church community. How do we engage those parents successfully? Because I found, I have to say, I found that really mm-hmm. challenging. But I was, I was sharing with Ollie in another episode we recorded about how I, uh, for a couple of weeks, really wanted to do my best to engage with the parents. So during the first 15 minutes of, of the session, or like, you know, a bit before the session started, the first 15 minutes it was open, would stand outside the front of the community centre where we where we do our youth ministry uh, with the hope that I'd have some conversations with some parents as they were dropping them mm-hmm. off. But what I was finding was that they were rocking up in their car park with their cars, keeping the motor on, door would open, young person would jump out and, and off they off they went. Uh, and so we never saw the parents, let mm-hmm. alone able to have conversations. So we had obviously emergency contact details and yeah. all of that kind of stuff, but we didn't have a relationship with them because they weren't part of the church community on a Sunday. How do you navigate that as a youth leader? 
it's really tricky isn't it yeah. you know um i think sometimes i've had very like you very little contact with those parents and and had to do a lot more in communication through the young people often those yeah. young people are a lot more independent than maybe our church kids because yeah. of the nature of their family um and you know i i try and communicate with them in a way that doesn't use uh, Sometimes I'll, I'll send them a different letter to what I'm send, sending okay. to their parents. That's you know, helpful. just, just That's that helpful. hasn't got so much Christian language in it, so they understand yeah. what we're we're doing. Um, and just, I mean, probably some of them are, are worried sometimes that their children are part of a cult. Yeah. So yeah. I try and I try much more now to introduce myself if I've dropped somebody off or yeah. you know something like that, and just to say who I am. Yeah. And um, and I'm. I'm always quite surprised when people are not, you know, like you say, they're just chucking them out. And yeah, you, think, yeah. you don't even know who we are. Or yeah. Are. You know, but I try, I try and reassure people that yeah. what we're doing is for good. And, um, yeah. you know, and and again, I just think I could be better at this, this yeah. stuff. But um, you do your best, don't you? Yeah. And I, I think just to just to be able to chat to them. And, and actually, we've had, you know, some fruit from that. Not necessarily people coming along for a church, but I had a mum ring the church a little while ago because her neighbour's son was um, just really struggling, really low, finished college, finished with his girlfriend. And she rang our church to get in touch with her neighbour's son because he was, she felt he needed some friends. Right. And her daughter doesn't even come to church anymore. She came for a few years. She's grown up. She's moved, moved on. But I, I thought that's that's really good, isn't mm. it? She feels she can do that. And we were able to contact him, invite him to an event, just chat with him, chatted to him about God a little bit, and and nothing particularly has come of that. But I was just really pleased that she felt that she could get in touch because I hadn't felt like I'd been, yeah. been particularly great at yeah. contacting her but I had tried and I think even that little bit of trying yes. communication goes yeah. a long way yeah so passing a letter home via the young person yeah. or using those email addresses or phone numbers yeah. to send a text to let them know what's going on just keeping them in the loop a little yeah. bit and it's a fine line isn't it because I hear what you're saying there about um uh, about having a different letter maybe for those yeah. for those young people than the ones who their families are part of the church community um, and, and without you know the jargon and the Christian lingo and all of that and I'm, I'm totally on board I think that's a great idea but at the same time it's about voluntary participation isn't it in that yeah. we need to make sure that the parents actually know this isn't just a council youth group or yeah. whatever that we're so 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 we're taking a group up to the gathering in a couple of weeks time from our church and on the letters that we sent home to the to the parents of the non-christians we, we wanted to be really explicit yeah. about what that was it says that there will be um that there will that there will be teaching from the bible that there will mm -hmm. be prayer uh, and it, it says that explicitly because we know the thing that would really damage the relationship yeah, with the parents is if we went, we're going to an, a youth event in Manchester and yeah. there's going to be music and there's going to be activities. It's going to be loads of fun. And then the young person goes home and ends up saying, oh, yeah, they were praying and they, you know, people were talking to us from, about the, from the stage about mm -hmm. Jesus. The parents didn't know. Well, that's the end of your relationship with those yeah, parents, isn't absolutely. it? I think just being honest. I mean, sometimes I will if I'm writing a letter for school, so, you know, recently we've had some evangelistic events and um, I've just used the same letter. I've used the same letter for par for my parents. I've just written it in a way that, you know, it's clear that we're going to a church for this event, you mm. know, and it's a Christian event and making sure, but just without using sort of yeah. in jargon that it yeah. would make it, people just go, I don't understand what Yeah, I mean, absolutely, you know? absolutely. 
Oh, great. Okay, great. Any any other best practices that you'd you'd want to unpack for us that that you've seen working well? Um, I think something I feel really passionate about is is that we are not the parent and not to usurp parents' authority yeah, because good. because some some parents feel a bit threatened by mm. your presence sometimes and your influence on their children. I think mm. and um, you know I'm you know we talk about. A friend of mine, her, she's not she's not a young person, but she became a Christian, and um, she always said that if if there's different people who say they're a spiritual mum and dad, mm. and she's a little bit conscious of her mum and dad coming to a Christian event and them saying, "Oh yeah, I'm her, her spiritual father," and and them feeling a little bit threatened and a little bit upset by that. Yeah. And, um, so although in my mind, I think I'm I'm very naturally kind of nurturing, kind of motherly type of person, but yeah. but I'm not their parent you know I'm not that and I think we just need to be careful that as youth workers that um, what we're doing in ministry isn't meeting our needs but it's it's very good young people's needs it's 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 appropriate and that we're forging healthy bonds with young people that and and I'm I'm very keen to always um, uh, come back to the bible in honoring your father and mother and their authority so sometimes I don't always, I, I kind of think they're talking to me and I think, I'm not really sure what's going on here or I'm not sure whether I agree with it, but but it's not my job to judge them. It's my it's my job to encourage them to honour their father and mother because that's yeah, very what good. the Bible says. And, and to kind of, I try and get them to think, well, do you think your mum and dad might be feeling this or and, and see things from yeah. their point of view so yeah. and I, I try and communicate that to parents as well that, that I'm that person in their life that I am supporting their authority yeah. I am I am coming behind that and trying to get them to see things from their parents point yeah. of view as well and this is where you're different to the young person's best friend yeah. who, to whom they say ah oh, and then my parents said this and then they grounded me for this and the best friend goes ah oh, I can't believe your parents are horrible yeah. you know that's where the role of the youth worker is different to the role of the yeah. best friend and actually we say okay why do you think your parents might have done that or how do you think yeah. that they saw it and that's really good that's really good helpful helpful wisdom there Faye. And, and I wonder what you said there about the spiritual parents has, has got me thinking a little bit about, uh, and I know you've just, I know you've just said we're not the parents. Yeah. But here's a little counter to that. Um, so many of our young people are from broken homes. Mm-hmm. They don't know one of their parents, or maybe they've been, maybe they're foster in foster yeah. care, or um, you know they. They, they live with them, their mum saying they don't have an existing relationship with their dad and their dad's mm. three relationships later and in, you know, three cities away. Um, is there a place for the youth leader to take the role of the spiritual parent? Yeah, I, I absolutely think there is. I think there's special young people that um, was special occasions and, and God gives you those kind of different relationships. Like I, I said to you earlier, sometimes those... Um, young people whose parents don't come to church are a little bit more independent because of yeah. the situation. So I'll end up communicating with them directly more mm. and just coming alongside them. And I think I, uh, you do end up discipling those young people more than maybe you would disciple people who are from Christian to homes okay. because yeah. you've they haven't got that discipleship at home. So you end up being more of a spiritual parent, more of a, a person there for them. I think I think it's just looking at the different needs and different relationships and, and, and what they need and what 
God is put you in their life for and it's yeah. discerning that with different people for for a little time I, I felt like I just had so many young people that were coming whose parents had one or other of their parents had died and and I just I thought this is really interesting God because I feel like you've you've given me experience of this in my own life and I was able to come in and bring the voice of healing the voice of comfort because I'd been through that myself and I I think there'll be different young people that God brings into your youth group that you then are a bit more of a spiritual parent to and it's appropriate and it's right and it's just always asking that question is this appropriate is this right is this a healthy relationship is this person a little bit too dependent on me or you know it's got to be it's got to be healthy hasn't it healthy with your own family healthy with the other youth the other youth in the youth group that um you know you're not just favoritizing one or over Mm. the other Mm. Yeah, really good. And so really what you're saying is it, 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 there are some best practices we can apply, but it isn't a one-size-fits-all no. model. Uh, with the whole thing of honouring the authority of the parents, recognising we are not their mm. parents, would you ever, would there ever be a situation, or has there ever been a situation in which you would be so bold as to challenge a parent, or would you stay clear of that completely? I can't think a time I might I may have gently done it you know yeah. in saying what about this or okay. do you think yeah do you, maybe do you think a young person feels like it so maybe in a gentle way yeah you know, I think it's more sharing a different yeah. perspective yeah. Than that. yeah yeah I think um yeah I think that would be I'd be offering like another way you know in, in hope, we, we've in Devon, we never had really anybody from another culture. <laughs> but but in, in Corby, there's a lot more cultures and there's a yeah. lot of different ways of parenting. And and I've been really on discovery. I've, I've listened to the young people about how they're parented and how they're parented according to a different culture, but they are living in that culture. And, and more and more, I'm just feeling like I need to help these parents a little bit, not in a patronising way, but yeah. to, just to think how do you relate faith from the culture you've been brought up in and the way you've been parented to what your young people are going through now in their schools, in their town, in, in Corby, you know, yeah. or in, in Britain. And, um, and I think that that's something that I, that I feel quite strongly about helping yeah. people do that, doing it gently, yeah. but, but just to encourage them to think, how does God relate to my everyday life? How does God relate to the pressures that I'm under now as as opposed to the pressures that maybe perhaps you were under when you were growing up. Yeah, very good, very good. So, so, so tell me, what is your heart for the parents of young people? What do you want to see for them? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I really want parents to feel confident in yeah. their parenting um, and to, to feel like they've still got a voice. It's still important for yeah, them good. to um, bring discipline and and just have confidence not to draw back because because uh, mm. when we when young people are maybe rejecting us as parents it, we sometimes feel like well I just want to give them space and we we want to give them space but but that importance of connection finding a way to move towards yeah. our our children to make sure that we still are that strong voice in their life that we don't yeah. lose that place in their heart and in their lives um, and um, you know it, it, I, you. It's a, such an emotional time, and being able to be there for your young people is so important for your child when they're growing up, when they when they need you to be available. It's yeah. just, 
you know, I was talking earlier to somebody and, and saying, you know, we've always had massive age gaps in our, so we've had young children where we've had no sleep and rushing around and and then older children who have been awake late and want to talk to you when they yeah. want to talk to you. It's just, it's just tiring, but, but being being that voice in in a in your child's life is so important to give that time yeah. and to still you know be encouraging your children to sit with you and eat together and yeah. um finding you know moments of connection and moving towards them even if you're not interested in what they're interested in just to have the confidence to say okay well tell tell me about that and mm. um just yeah so mainly i think confidence to be parents and feel that they still have a voice in discipling, that their, their voice is the most important one. And, right. You know, they'll, yeah. they'll be the biggest influence on their child's life. That's really helpful. Uh, and let's just, as we, as we finish, shift perspective for a minute, because we've been talking mostly from your perspective as, as a youth worker. Let's talk mm-hmm. for a moment about your perspective as a parent. I'm a, I'm a dad to two kids. You're a mum. Five. <laughs> uh, talk to us about how you find that balance as a as a youth leader and a parent. Because you're saying about finding the moments being, pre- you know, your heart for parents is that they find the moments to be present to their kids, to have the conversations, to take an interest in their interests. Mm. We all know that youth ministry is demanding. It's evenings. It's weekends. What what's been, what have been the rhythms that have worked for you? How have you how have you found that rhythm as a youth worker and a parent to, to do to do both and to do both well? Um, by spinning a lot of plates, I think yeah. is probably honestly. Um, but but I've always protected my time with them. I I've tried to make sure that I'm home picking them up from school being okay. there in those times and ju- just protecting my time with them I think yeah. is, is important in terms of youth ministry and because m- my children have been in the youth group as well yeah, okay. I've, yeah. I've tried to give them space in in the youth group so yeah. that they they can approach they will approach me for prayer I feel incredibly privileged they will come and talk to me and but I I let them do that rather yeah. than you know be on their back and see what they yeah. I really try and give them space um you know and I I always think my first calling is is a wife and a mum uh, and uh, you know first of all a child of God and then I'm a wife and a mum and that's my highest calling and and I you know, I'm I'm raising world changers. You know, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm raising people that are going to make a de- decision for Christ and make a difference for Him, and that's the most important thing for me yeah. as a parent is that they they follow Christ. And yeah. it's not necessarily we we sort of buy into this lie of we just want our children to be happy. Well, they're not going to be happy all the time. Yeah. But what I really want them to be is followers of Jesus yeah. and becoming more like Him and knowing that they're loved by Him and knowing that first and foremost that they are a child. God so as a parent that is my biggest heart my biggest yeah. prayer for my children and so I always have um, a vision and a feeling as though they're my ministry yeah they're, they're my first ministry yeah and you know and, and I get the privilege of being part of other people's lives as well yeah. which is which is great and I'm seeing them grow up but I have this vision of I'm, I'm raising world changers yeah you know amazing brilliant it's a great note to finish on but I just want to. I just want to detour for a moment because there is another question that's actually not related to the topic <laughs> that, that I want to ask you. 
because uh, I, I, it's something that's really important uh, to me, I think, and I want to see a bit more of. How long have you, you've, you've told us a little bit about your story, but how long have you been doing youth ministry now? Uh, well, I probably started when I was a young person helping. Yeah. So uh, probably, oh gosh, 26 years. 26 years, <laughs> yeah. amazing. And, and, and how long in this specific place in, in Corby have you been? Uh, well, we've been 11 years in Corby. The church is celebrating its 10th anniversary, but but actually um, I was I was helping another church with their youth ministry the year I first arrived yeah. here um, in Corby um, because... That's just how I end up being drawn. Yeah, you know, yeah. God just opened doors. So, okay, so twenty six years in all uh, doing youth ministry. Something I see so often is that we have youth leaders who are great youth leaders who you know are clearly called and passionate about youth ministry, but at some point or another they just end up going into pastoral ministry to to adults. And, okay, sometimes that's great because sometimes that's what God asks them to do. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And there is a need, in my view, for people, more people like you, Faye, mm-hmm. who feel called to young people for the long haul, mm-hmm. not just for two, three, four, five years as a stepping stone to, to pastoral ministry or whatever we want to call that. But they, but they, they feel a long-term calling to invest in lives of young people. My question, as I get round to it, <laughs> it, is this: What has the longevity taught you about youth ministry and working with young people that you would not have learned in three, four, five years? Wow! I know I've put yeah. you on the spot. I know I've put you on the spot there. I've not. We've not prepared that. But um, I think I've just. I've just grown with it, and, yeah. and I've I've been able to. I, youth ministry is never a stepping stone for me to yeah. you know to something else. I've never I've never seen youth ministry as a career. You know, it's it's Excellent. my calling, That's right. and it's my passion. And I and I just really love Jesus, and really you know just see the difference He's made in my life, and I want that for for other people, especially young people. And I can't get away from that in my heart. I think. I think the longevity has taught me that young people are really—they still have the same needs, mm. and that it's—it's it's not really that much different. It's just, you know, there are different ways of reaching them, but really, it's still the same. It's still through relationship. It's still the yeah. message of the gospel is still powerful, and and will remain powerful. And we need to stick to the truth in yeah. all of that. Um, I think I've grown in confidence over the over the years in that I've found my voice and yeah. found you know it's different times that it's gone up and down and but feeling like I have got something to to say and something to impart um and you know with with one of my other really big passions is to give youth workers confidence yeah. in who they are I, I get so frustrated at youth events when you're, you're standing with your group and you're you're pastoring them and you're you know making sure they aren't on their phones the whole time or <laughs> you know and they're not messing about not being disruptive and and I look at other groups and I think where are your youth workers where where are yeah. they you know yeah. and that because and I, I I want to give them courage to, yeah. to have the confidence that they it's okay to put in put in a few boundaries. I mean, yeah. it's obviously, you're working with different young people, you, yeah. you know the level, but 
Um, but you know, just to have the confidence and the authority that God's given yeah. you to to be that voice for for young people. So I think that's something that's grown in me over the years. Of feeling like it, it's okay to be yeah. to be a strong voice of authority, right. yeah. but full full of love, full of fun, and all of that stuff as well. But also have confidence. I think it's that inner confidence and knowing who you are in God and yeah. being able to minister out of that yeah. and not out of your own sort of deficiency you know yeah, just actually coming good. from that place of being a child of god wonderful and the value of that longevity for the young person cannot be overstated mm. i i know churches where there's been a youth leader there two years they've gone another two years they've gone another two years and so so a, a young person going from year, year seven to eleven in that short period of time has had three different youth workers and the impact that that's had and not a positive one mm. on on that group and on those young people, and so I just think that the the, the need for longevity, mm. the call to stay the course, to walk faithfully mm. with God, not to give up, not to give in, um, not to 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 kind of flip between things, but mm. just to to stay on that journey with those young people. I long to see more youth leaders doing what you're doing, Faith, mm. and. Um, who who will who will stay the course? And I'm not saying that there's there's never a time when when God calls mm. people to different things. Of of course that there is, but I do believe there are there are more occasions where God is asking us to stay, where God is asking us to keep going. And so I just encourage our listeners and our viewers yeah. um, to to do that as far as you can. Um, so thanks for setting an example in that way, and thank you so much, Vay, for your wisdom today for joining us on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Thank thanks. you. Hi, me. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.